Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. Enough of me running my mouth. Drew, let's give the people what they want. Who are you? What do you do? And we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, my name is Drew. I'm uh, currently in uh, contractor for Meta right now, and I'm doing XR, VR tech uh, for them, kind of working on the new uh, Oculus and future headsets. So that's cool. That's uh, it's it's pretty neat how deep everything kind of goes. You know, all over the little stuff you don't even think about. So, but I'm I'm real excited and real happy being there. That's awesome. And we're and we're gonna talk to Drew about that too. God, we got a lot of Cincinnati in the house. Another Cincinnati. I love it. San Diego, Connor. What's up, man? We got the crew. Everyone's here to see Drew. So, all right. Um, so let's talk uh, real quick, right? So the first thing I want to talk about is your journey through mm-hmm. self-taught, yes, college, college, and boot camp. Yes, all, all right. All so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, 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 tell the people a little bit about your story, real fast, about those kind of three aspects and why you chose to do all three. <laughs> well, I uh, initially, I think everyone kind of starts doing self-taught once they have an interest. That's in true. It. That's and true. that's kind of where I started. You know, I was told Python was the easiest language. So that's where I started. And I struggled immensely. I, uh, it felt, you know, similar to when I was in high school and, you know, getting my associate's degree in college and starting from there. Um, I realized I needed more structure. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's kind of what led me to pursue, you know, IT and programming and networking more, uh, in college, I didn't like that either. You know, it wasn't my learning style. And finally, too structured. No. Too structured. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're two very different ways for different people. I didn't like going in twice a week, you know, for three months at a time and barely remembering what I was doing. It wasn't right. for me. I tried to do it on my own. And, you know, being young, it didn't click as much. So I decided yeah. after I got laid off in COVID to eventually go to a boot camp and, that's what was for me. Um, it was 12 hour, eight to 12 hour days, six days a week for about three to four months. And it right. was intense. Why but did you like boot camp over college? I enjoyed it because I could get what I needed to know done in a, such a short and immense amount of time and then get to where I needed to be, you know? Okay. Um, that's just my preference style. You know, if I sit on something, my, you know, my ADD brain will just ping everywhere. Sure. Pretty much. And so that's sure. my preference style, but I respect all three. Um, and I know those are the main three ways pretty much to get to <clears throat> anywhere in the kind of tech field, whether it's software yeah. development or cybersecurity, wherever you end up. 
What, um, so what, what boot camp did you choose and why? So I went to general assembly, uh, and I loved it. Uh, as far as why I went, it really, I did a lot of research and it was, they were one of the first ones that accepted me that was accredited. Uh, okay. so usually when you start a boot camp, you have to apply to it, uh, sign ups, set up some, you know, financial aid or if, unless you're going to pay for the thing yourself. And then it's kind of a waiting game. You know, if you have prior experience, that's great. If you know somebody, that's great. It's actually a little bit, uh, I think this is the right word, inclusive. Like it's, it's kind of hard to get into. Okay. Uh, but once you're in it, I think it's, I had a great experience. Awesome. What, what do you think people um, should be mindful of when they are choosing a boot camp? Uh, not going the cheap route. Okay. And, I guess that's kind of hard to say since I've, I've, I've heard of a few others and some, you know, range in the costs of, you know, hundreds, thousands, fifteens, 25, you know, it can get up to 30,000. It's yeah. the same expensive it get. Right. And I've heard some people who do, you know, the real, you know, simple, cheap one, and they didn't find what they were looking for mainly because there wasn't a lot of structure and there was a lot of dependability. And sometimes that works for people who are, you know, leaning more into the self-taught role who can wake up, you know, every day, put in your four to six hours of learning or however much time you've loaded sure. and actually get that done. If, yep. you know, so I would say, yeah, making sure you choose the right one that has the structure and plan for you because it all makes a difference. And even though mine was more expensive, I'm glad I did it that way because it allowed me to, you know, learn everything I needed to in that time frame. I love it. All right. So obviously here's, here's the most important part. We have a few more people tuning in. Um, Thomas, Jessica from Philly, Josh goes, we may not be in the metaverse, but it sounds like Drew might be exactly uh, Raleigh represent. It's so funny. Central Illinois, please save me from the cornfields. That made me cackle Portland, Oregon, Chelsea, my favorite, uh, my favorite breakfast in Portland is proud. Mary. So good. Um, I, the coffee there. If, if anybody wants to get me coffee, proud Mary coffee is where it's at. Jara, it's great to see you in ATL in the house. So, 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 so the big, the big thing I, I, I want to get across to is the no man's land out of boot camp, right? So, so Drew and I were catching up off air, and I always try to chat and try to come up with a title and show notes. And Drew was like, "Yeah, I just, it's just really a no man's land out of boot camp." And so, can you talk about that? How you felt graduating from boot camp, and yeah. what you did to 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 find a job? So. It's really difficult going from such heavy structure, whether you're in, you know, college boot, you know, boot camp or anywhere where you're part of a community, part of a, you know, a learning team. And then it's, I guess it's, you know, like leaving a house, you know, some people get kicked out of the house at 18, you know, it's just, you're out there and you have the tools and that you were given and you got to figure it out. Um, I was, you know, part of, the boot camp out in general assembly, you know, we have career coaches. So I was lucky to be in contact with someone who was kind of my advocate and looking out for me. But other than that point, I had to do everything on my own. <clears throat> um, whether it be applying to jobs, networking, uh, you know, building more projects, updating my skills. It was and doing that while working part time, full time, whatever you're doing. 
it's really intense. It's just how as you, how did you how did you structure your day, right? Because like I'm I've become fascinated. Like I'm doing it with my team right now. I think people are wildly ineffective with their days. I yeah. think they just really, really are. They you know, wake up at eight for their first meal of the day at eight thirty, and it's just like they're not maximizing time, and it just is a mess. How did you set up your days working part time out of boot camp and trying to find a job to network and interview and all that? Um, I didn't do it that great all the time. I, okay. you know, a lot, of, and it happens to a lot of people. That first two weeks to a month, you just kind of get lazy and bummy. That's what happened to me. Um, I didn't really have a set. Because, because you're going through this coding boot camp. What'd yeah. you say? How many hours a day? It's about 60 to 80 hours a week. So yeah, I mean, more yeah. than a full-time job. And then all of a sudden it's gone. It's, it's gone. You're just off, you know, and you're just like, where do I go? You just have this little flashlight in the dark and it's what you make of it. And it can be really intimidating, really hard. And the, one of the things that really helped me was, you know, finding people in my situation as well, you know, um, continuing to go to events, meetups, and pushing myself out there because otherwise I just, I would have been, you know, like a tumbleweed lost and forgotten and just rolling on because the boot camp or whatever learning structure did its job. You know, you, you got what you needed to know, but now it's all, it's, it's all you. Yeah. So that was like, so the like, like the mornings, would you wake up and like, did you have a morning job or a nighttime job? Like, did you wake up in the mornings and did you like network on LinkedIn? Like what did, like, like, let's get a little tactical and granular here. Yeah. Uh, so I did work at night and okay. eventually when I built my structure back, back, uh, together, I made sure I spent a lot of time networking, you know? I, okay. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. What, what is, what did networking look like for you? <clears throat> so Eventually, it kind of blossomed into me mass reaching out to, to recruiters, to people, uh, and just kind of learning how LinkedIn works, because that was my main platform. I realized at the time that, you know, there's a hundred connection maximum per week of people you can add. Right. And I felt like if I wasn't utilizing that, then I'm not using my time as appropriately. Um, I got goosebumps. I get goosebumps when people say good things. I love that. I love that. So, you know, it was kind of, you want to make it personal, but it's also casting a wide net. It's a numbers game. So I would contact, you know, one week I would do developers and just reach out to a hundred developers that week, try to meet and talk to as many people that I had in common with who also like sailing, you know, that example, yeah. you know, did, did, did you custom, mm -hmm. did you send a custom note on every invite? Yes and no. I had okay. a template that I made custom per invite. So okay. the majority is I have this paragraph because there's only so much text you can send. It's like 300 characters or something like that. And, you know, you kind of autofill, you know, name, you know, or just position, you know, stuff like that. And then at the end of it, I would just, after looking at their profile, I would try to make some connection or keep something in common with them. Uh, and yeah. works a lot more than just the cold calling kind of, you know, reaching out. I would say almost double, if not more. Yeah. Look for that, you know. So did you, did you, um, when you message somebody, mm -hmm. did you ask for a conversation or is it literally like, hey, I'm just trying to connect? It was really my mood. <laughs> I've done both. Um, sometimes it's, you know, hey, I'm trying to connect. You know, I see we're both from this boot camp or I see we're both from this regional area. 
or we both like this football team, whatever it is. Yeah. It would be simple as that. And then sometimes, you know, depending on their reply back, it would kind of grow into a conversation. If it was someone I felt that was important to a role, whether it be a recruiter or a job poster, especially, um, I would kind of lean more an inch for a conversation and be a little pushier about it. Uh, and that's kind of how that would usually happen. You know, I right. say, you know, Hey Taylor, uh, my name's Drew. This is what I'm about. This is my sure. experience. And I saw you're, you know, you're from Nashville as well. And you know, this is an amazing I love, place. I, I, love, I love hot chicken. Yeah. I love, I see. Yeah. <laughs> hot chicken. I play guitar as well, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. And just kind of go off of that point. And usually, you know, conversations would go from there. And sometimes they lead to some uh, uh, opportunities. Other times they don't, but they're in your network. And you, I personally feel like they remember you. So, so did you, so you didn't hop, you didn't try to hop on. You didn't offer up a call every time. You're just like, Hey, I'm looking to connect. Did <laughs> when you hopped on calls with people in the DMS, yeah. how did those calls look? Cause I think that's where people really have a problem with, right? People just feel so weird searching people on LinkedIn, messaging them cold and then asking them for a conversation. And I'm wondering how you did it when they were open to having a conversation. Like, like how did that conversation go? Uh, so is this for more like, recruiters or job posters or just it would be more for like just random people at companies you're dming okay yeah um so you kind of have to break that wall like you are searching for them you are looking you know at them and you are reaching out to them so that's already happened you know there's okay. no reason to feel these type of ways uh about it usually i would you know reach out ask you know to talk to them hop on a call or just to get to know them better. And at that point, it's kind of just like a yes or no, whenever they have time. I realize yeah. if you get to that point in the conversation, most people are friendly. Most people are nice. You know, they're, they're going to say yes. And you learn a little bit, bit about the company or each other yeah. or you build, you know, friendships. I built a lot of friendships on LinkedIn. Really? In my regular social life, you know, I think D, uh, Diego who reached out, to you, you know, to, I, I met him. I think he reached out to me. He's a recruiter and he was just being just genuinely nice. He's a great yeah. person. And yeah. that's how that happened. And we talk, you know, once a month. Yeah. Good yeah. friends. That's awesome. It's, that's it's, awesome. It's simple as just reaching out and, you know. So, so the job, the job you found right now, so you're at Meta through Experis. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about working with recruiters. How did it, did you find Experis or did Experis find you? They found me. Okay. Uh, there's a pivotal point in where I was reaching out and applying so much proactively that recruiters started to come into my inbox. And when I first heard this concept, I was like, there, that doesn't happen unless you're yeah. really yeah. or someone, you know, crazy. Uh, but it started happening and some of it was junk, but people started reaching out because I was just so proactive and my name and my feed just kept showing up. I was active daily on LinkedIn. Yeah. So they reached out to me and after going through good interviews, bad interviews, you know, through the, through the ringer pretty much, it was a two interview process. I was, it was really refreshing to see how, you know, 
The first one was with a recruiter and the second one was with a hiring manager. And then I was hired. That's where it should be. That's the way it should be. Oh, it was so nice. After I think I did like a six, five interview one. Yeah. For that, like a few days before and I was drained. And so as soon as that happened, I was extremely refreshing. So how, how is it working through recruiters? You know, I, I think the one question I get a ton from people is like, there's so many recruiters out there. Yeah. Do I respond back to everyone? Do I not? Did, did you have a strategy working with recruiters? And then can you, so let's answer that one. And yeah. then I have another question, but did, did you have a strategy in working with recruiters? Yes. I kind of, you know, with my templates and personal messages, I kind of did have a, have a strategy as far as, well, if they reach out to you, always reach out back because in emails, if I'm not mistaken, they ha- there's tokens. And if you reach out back to them, they get that token back. So they're usually very grateful and you can kind of make a good connection. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we recruiters get like a, the recruiting company can buy a set amount of DMs. Mm-hmm. And every time you respond back, you're that's a very thoughtful thing. You're the first person that's ever said that. Oh, it's something that I think everyone should do because it's real easy to read something. And I'll, I'll do it back to your question you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's real easy to read it and be like, oh, that's not for me. You know, I don't I don't work in Java or I, I don't do this. But if you can reach back, say, hey, sorry, that's not for me. You know, here's a buddy of mine that, you know, is also more specialized in this. And, you know, you may get a referral. You may build a connection. They may have another job for you in two months. So I think replying to people just saying, no, sorry, thanks, or here's a referral, or do you have any other types of roles? Mm. Uh, is very bad. It takes 15 seconds of your day when they reach out to you. So I, like I feel like anyone who reaches out to you, beyond common courtesy, you know, just reaching out, it benefits you in a way. And as far as my strategy for recruiters goes, you know, um, just trying to build a connection, you know, a network. The more I feel like the more people in your network that you have, especially recruiters, because they're, you know, essentially gatekeepers to these jobs in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. It, it never, it doesn't not benefit you. I said a double negative. Did, 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 did you have like a, a call, a call quota or like a set number where you're like, all right, Drew, I'm going to hold myself to, cause like my number is one conversation a day. Right. Like, did, did you happen to set out? A, so, so, so your goal was, Hey, I'm going to send out a hundred mm-hmm. invites a week. I'm going to try to cap out the connections. And then were you just like, I'm going to load up my calendar with as many conversations as I can, if they're open to it. Yeah. It's, that was kind of the soft goal is doing a hundred and whatever, you know, sometimes I would have more, sometimes I've had less depending on the algorithm, how I felt, how I, you know, talk to people and things like sure. that. Sure. You know, Something that I really try to utilize, I have it actually, I don't have it behind me, but I usually have a giant whiteboard. Okay. I write all my thoughts on it. I write, you know, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. You know, if I want to do one call a day or if I want to, you know, I want to like 10 posts a day. I want to comment. I want to, you know, reach out. I want to connect with this many people. Having that per day helped me a lot, especially when I was making posts. That's something that helped my structure and build my Okay, network. so you were actually posting too. So you're literally going all the things I talk about. So you were posting too. Yes, I was, I was doing everything. Um, I, I actually had a, this is going to sound super shallow, man. I had a follower uh, count like goal per, uh, per day. And I knew like I couldn't really 
attain that because it, it's just kind of random. Uh, but that inspired me to make, you know, more accurate posts. Because at the time, I decided, you know, I didn't want to just post some code snippet. I wanted to make designs and make stuff that make um, make it visual. So I was doing yeah. that for a little while. And then that's kind of where I built the majority of my network. And some would kind of blow up more and go viral and some wouldn't. Sure. Uh, and that kind of kept me more grounded and having a routine and organization. How many, how many hours a day, how many hours a day would you say that you were on LinkedIn, specifically LinkedIn? If I were to average it out, so I have it on my, so I, I made a hobby of it being on my phone. Uh, so on the computer, I would say about two to three, you know, I got rid of all my social media. I, I went hard on this. I, I stopped. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Instagram. And I said, LinkedIn, I turned on every notification I could get. I said, this is going to be my thing for the next six months. Bruh. Uh, Hell yeah. I mean, I put the same energy in the boot camp into here and it paid off. Uh, even in moments where that's I didn't so think. So good. It, I got you know, again. And that's kind of what you you have to want it. You know, it sounds goofy, but you have to like really put that effort because you're, you're in the dark, you're no man's land. And unless you're doing all this to stand out, there's someone else that's doing more than you. That's going to get that job. Yeah. So Kevin comes in. How did you shake off rejection and ghosting? You kind of don't. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think I said that yesterday at my show with somebody. They're like, you just don't. He was senior engineer too. He was just like, you just never get used to it. It's an awful, crappy feeling that gives you anxiety. And it's something that you just have to like, you know, hopefully if, if you're in therapy, you can deal with it that way. But yeah, you just have to do it. Um, it's everyone goes through it, you know, and like, like even it's, it's just a part of it. I think scares. I, I think if you get to the point, I think you get to the point mentally where it's like, listen, it's not me, it's them. Because most of the time, I say this all the time: seventy-five percent of the reason why you don't get a job is not because of you. Seventy-five mm -hmm. percent. Yeah. If I told you, hey, there's a seventy-five percent chance that a hurricane's going to hit the coast, what are you going to do? You're going to evacuate. Yeah. Seventy-five percent of the reason why you don't get a job is not really because of you. Mm -hmm. It's because of red tape and budgets and hiring managers messing things up and HR messing things up. It's just a mess. Yeah. So if you can kind of get in that mentality that, Hey, listen, rejection is going to happen. Ghosting is going to happen. I'm just going to be used to it. I think you're in a much better place. Something that helped me actually a little bit with it. And if you have the time to do so is keeping track of every job you apply to. Ooh. Uh, did you do Excel? Yeah, I just, I just made an Excel list and I was I stuck with it. Sometimes I didn't others. Um, but you can see where you're, you know, you're ghosted or you're rejected. And the thing is, like, let's say you apply to like Home Depot or something. I'm just gonna name drop down. Sure. I see them all the time on LinkedIn. Um, and they ghost you, they reject you. Well, a month or two later, unless you write it down or something, or unless it comes across your mind, you're gonna forget you applied applied to them. And they may have open positions that they need again. So reapplying to all these companies, making your dream list. Excuse me and doing all these things i felt like helped me with it because it felt like i have a second chance at that you know whatever they decided to do that's on them you know maybe i wasn't the right fit maybe they weren't right for me it is what it is i'm just going to mm -hmm. try because if i don't then it's just you know yeah 
never going to happen either, either way. Man, I love that. I love that you deleted every app off your phone. <laughs> I, I've been preaching that and you did it. And it was so, so, so realistically, how many hours in a day were you in LinkedIn? Sorry. Phone, uh, phone and desktop. And everything. I say six to seven, you know, between yeah. what I'm yeah. on here, you know, when I'm sitting on the couch, you know, I was hanging with, hanging out with my family at the time. I'd be on LinkedIn, just liking people, commenting, you know, I made that a habitual habit. Um, I have to comment if I like on something. Yes. And why? Why? Because it boosts your growth. Other people see it. People who are connected to them first, second, I don't know about thirds. Uh, I don't know about thirds either. Um, it's to my understanding, it's just how LinkedIn works. It's like a, like an explosion. You know, if, if you do that five to 10 times, you're going to notice you probably have about five to 10 notifications in your phone by the end of the day. Yeah. Like people talking about it, people liking and, and the people who have the most growth on here. And I wish I would stuck to it as much. I'm going to continue again are the people who are consistent, consistently liking, consistently commenting, consistently, um, just talking and networking with us. Yeah. I want to give Allison a shout out. Uh, she, she, she just got a job. She's going to come on the show. Okay. For some reason, we weren't connected until this week and she is on it. I mean, she is posting all the time and I always see her face. So Allison, keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, final, final few things we wrap up here. The, now, the one question that we're probably, people are probably thinking of is like, oh, that sounds great, Drew. You were on LinkedIn seven hours a day. Congrats, <laughs> right? Good job. Did you get this job because of the, all your LinkedIn activity? I think so. I think, it, I mean, it derived from LinkedIn. Uh, the recruiter there. messaged me from LinkedIn. Um, I've never, never heard of experience before. You know, yeah. there's a lot, so many contracting companies that go through. Oh, so many. So well, many. They, you know, experience goes through Google. They go through a lot of different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Experience I don't know what it's called now, but these, these yeah. big giant tech companies. And that's pretty common nowadays. Um, you know, sometimes there's a difference between being, you know, a full-time actual employee in there and being a contractor. But to get your foot in the door somewhere is a step in the right direction most people need. Yeah, so. absolutely. I love it. All right, last three minutes. I have one question to wrap it up, but I always leave a kind of a moment that if we didn't cover anything. Is there any <laughs> other words of encouragement you want to give to people um, in their job search or out of boot camp? It'll happen. You know, everyone told me it'll happen. You just got to keep pushing keep waiting. You know, I was living, uh, I didn't mention this, my fiance at the time and I were living in my grandparents' house where all this was happening. We were in a one bedroom. It was mm -hmm. very, you know, humiliating at the time because, you know, I lost our, my job due to COVID. And now sure. I threw, you know, $15,000 at a boot camp, and now I'm in debt. And I was like, it's never going to happen. Like, did I make a giant mistake? You know, going for this and shooting for this. And I don't, you know, I didn't, you know, no matter what, whether I would have landed the job I'm at now, or if I was still on the job search, I'm still going to get to where I'm going to get eventually, you know, mm. it's just be my time or I may not be putting in that effort. And another kind of token to, you know, the seven day hours a day on LinkedIn is I don't think people realize how much time on their phone that they do have. You know, I, I hate to I hate to be like that, but, you know, I think you realize even if it's an extra hour a day, you know, you're just kind of sitting around. If you can mentally rewire yourself to be like, OK, I need to invest in myself so I can get to where I want to be so I can, you know, 
make make the money I want to make, support my family, be in the career I want to be in, then it's just it's a different mindset because everyone's at different places in their life. So good. All right, last question to wrap it up here. And again, Drew, thanks for obviously hanging out with me today. And thanks for everybody who uh, who watched today. We had a full house today. Um, we had guidance counselors in middle school, high school, elementary school. But now <clears throat> when we need them most, we don't really have them, right? I joke and I say they're therapists now. Um, what would be your biggest advice to your younger self from a career perspective? The career perspective? Um, get organized. Honestly, it's something I still struggle with this day. I'm, I'm not an organized person, but the second I force myself to write things down and to do stuff that made me uncomfortable and make it a habit is the second I started doing better, being more productive. I love that. Going down the path that I wanted to go down. And it sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's not naturally who I am, but I made myself get organized. I made myself build a routine and do things that I wasn't comfortable doing. And now, you know, a few years later, I'm reaping the results of yeah. all that effort that I put in. So yeah. it I sounds, think. you know, cliche, but it actually does help in your own way, however you can make it work for you. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all, thanks again for hanging out with us today. That is it. I'm off for two weeks, actually off a little bit more than two weeks because I, I literally come back. Um, I literally come back on a Saturday and I leave Monday for Magnolia JS to speak down in Mississippi. Um, so there won't be lives actually probably for about three weeks. Um, so Drew, you were the last one. Congrats. Um, and, uh, and y'all have a great few weeks. If you do listen, little, 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 little self-promotion here. If you do want to follow along with my travels, connect with me on my Instagram or TikTok. So that's where I do a lot of like my personal stuff. So T Dessen, this is my TikTok and my Instagram handle. So feel free to follow me there. I'll be, I'll be vlogging the, our entire trip over to Europe. Uh, but Drew, thank you for coming on, man. Um, your story was amazing. Y'all, if you are watching this, and you're and you found Drew's story inspiring. Please share it um, because I feel like Drew's story can be very powerful to others. So, uh, Drew, have a good one, man. Um, uh, stay on real quick so I can say bye to you. But thank you all for tuning in to Guidance Council 2.0. And uh, I'll see you in a few weeks. Peace, y'all. Bye. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode. And I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes. And I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the app store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, taylor at vaco.com or at tdesson on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.